0: Hi friends. Welcome to What's for Lunch with Brad and Eliza. Join us as we share our experience navigating life seasoned with hope, humor, and a sight of fresh perspective. Thanks for tuning in.
1: So Brad, today was a hot lunch and we've already eaten it because it had to be warm. So what did we have for lunch today?
0: Well, I had some tortilla soup that was kind of just made from a bunch of leftovers, and Eliza had some pot pies that I made forever ago, so also leftovers, which was nice.
1: Straight from the freezer, you wouldn't think that they would taste good, but actually, they're pretty good. Yep. We've been making a lot of homemade stuff, and we put it in the freezer, and we pull those out for lunch and breakfasts and things like that, so... That was our lunch today. We
0: both had full night's sleep. Yeah, uh, I
1: got so much more sleep last night. I feel a lot better. I'm not saying I'm not going to be funny, but I'm just saying I'm I'm not like extremely sleep deprived today.
0: Yep. I went for an hour run. I did a half an hour of yoga and I've had food. So I'm very zen right now. <laughs> He's
1: very calm. So today we're going to talk about some fun things about Brad.
0: Fun. Yeah. Fun.
1: No, oh, they're going to be fun. We're trying to make sure they're not going to be embarrassing, but Brad also likes to make a fool of himself. He doesn't care. So
0: I'm very much an attention hog. It doesn't matter what it's about. I like attention. It's just me. It's Do part of my personality. Did the little
1: difference that we had the other day about when you were filling the gas cans for <laughs> the lawnmower? And...
0: <laughs> well, okay. So that was more me wanting to just save on gas, but...
1: <laughs> you ended up bringing a lot more home on your clothes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to tell the story, you can.
1: (laughs) We live right down the street from a gas station, and Brad ran out of gas while he was mowing the lawn. So Brad was going to go down to the gas station to fill up the gas cans. And I figured, okay, well, why don't I just take you right down? He wanted to take his bike, and it was a beautiful day, and I didn't blame him. But I was like, you did realize that you're going to be bringing gas cans back on your bike. I
0: thought it was a smart idea at the time.
1: Well, his solutions were what were the funniest because he comes out with a backpack and he's like, Okay, well, I'm just going to, the little straps that hang down from the backpack, he's like, I'll just tie the gas cans onto this and then I'll bike
0: home. Again, it seemed like a smart idea at the time. (laughs) And
1: I had to redirect his attention to the fact that the gas cans would be significantly heavier when he was bringing them home.
0: It worked with one.
1: So we had a kind of a stupid disagreement about whether or not we were going to drive him to the gas station and he insisted on taking his bike. I at least suggested that he bring something to carry them in. So he brought a couple bags, and he came home smelling like gas, <laughs> he was all over his the shoes.
0: The gas pump, for some reason, you know when you, you lock the trigger, and it locks in. Well, for some reason, it wouldn't unlock as it was filling up, and so... it so was
1: just like this gasoline fountain. If you've
0: ever seen that scene from Zoolander... <laughs> Where they're having the gas fight. That's what it felt like. Oh, no. But yeah, so I, I was having issues at the gas pump. And what's funny is one of the gas cans apparently had a leak that I didn't know about. And so it started leaking. So I figured, okay, I'll just put it in the grocery bags that Eliza made me bring. And of course, it's spilling into the grocery bags. And then on top of that, it like actually... It gets
1: home and like the gas can's completely empty.
0: <laughs> it wasn't completely empty. I actually used it to fill the lawnmower. Thank you very much. But the bags actually split part way down the road, and so...
1: Basically, it was an idea that was better in theory than in execution.
0: I'm still doing it next time, just with the one gas can.
1: <laughs> but anyway, now that you've all had a good introduction to Brad, we're going to talk about some... Well, Brad's going to talk about some different things. I'm going to sit here, especially because I talked so much in the last podcast episode, and you're all tired of me. Yeah,
0: shut up!
1: <laughs> we're going to let Brad talk today. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's my turn it's, it's, i'm so sorry okay it was a good conversation <laughs> <laughs> with myself
0: <laughs> she she talks to herself at night i'm i'm usually asleep but she's still holding a very long conversation I'm i'll just... wake up and she's still talking to herself <laughs>
1: like this has been she's a like great... oh you were asleep <laughs> this has been a great conversation we talked it's about like, you're such
0: a good listener <laughs>
1: All right, so Brad, taking it way back
0: mm-hmm. to the
1: days of baby Brad.
0: <laughs> what, with the nude pictures that mom has of me on the carpet? <laughs> I've
1: never seen those.
0: For which I'm grateful. That's the one thing. She always threatened, so just a little thing. she's going
1: to bring out the baby pictures. She
0: always threatened the baby pictures with my first dates and everything. That just never happened. I never really brought anybody home until college, and by that point, she had forgotten about the baby pictures. <laughs>
1: Well, and then when I came along, I didn't even remember, I didn't even see any. I think I've seen one baby picture of you.
0: I may have destroyed one or two.
1: (laughs) Well, Brad, so what is your earliest memory?
0: Waking up from a nap in my crib and seeing cactus wallpaper. That's cute. Yeah, just, I think it was blue cactus wallpaper, and I think it had white trimming, and that is all I can remember.
1: Wow, how old do you think you were? One or two. That's pretty impressive, actually.
0: Well, oh, thanks. I pride myself on my memory, but that's for different reasons. I think I even remember a ceiling fan. I want to say it was in North Carolina, uh, which,
1: by the way, is where Brad was born.
0: Yes, I was born in North Carolina. I was not born in Utah, but yeah, so that I think is my earliest memory, and my mom can refute that or confirm it.
1: Okay. Well, moving on. What is one of your favorite childhood memories?
0: Honestly, that's that's really tough. I do have funny memories. I remember one time, and this is not a favorite memory, I should preface that. My friend, my brother, and I were hanging out in our front yard, and I was trying to see how far I could try and do the splits. You know, like, you know, straddles. That sounds
1: like a wonderful idea.
0: I know, right? I mean, what, for six, <laughs> seven years old? That's a brilliant idea. And I'm trying to get up and I realize I can't and I'm going down further because the grass is wet. So, mayday,
1: I Hey, <laughs> go down, go
0: down. <laughs> yep. So I turn to my brother and, you know, and I ask him to help me get up. Instead of helping me up, he kicks me where the sun don't shine.
1: That is not surprising. Uh,
0: And and he hit me so hard, my nose started bleeding. (laughs) Oh my god. This is a true story, by the way, and he will confirm that.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he would be more than happy to confirm that
0: as far as favorite childhood memories go i am going to go into kind of like the junior high years because everyone talks about how junior high is the awkward stage no one is cool in junior high it's true but that was where i feel like i finally started coming out of my shell i was actually a really really shy kid and i was not very well liked in my classes i was bullied a lot in elementary school and to this day i don't really understand why i think i've got a couple ideas But when I got into junior high school, I kind of started finding my own interests and understanding who I really was. And one of the big things was I auditioned for my first musical, Once on this Island, and I have a lot of great memories with that. I remember when I first saw the cast list, I was put in the ensemble and I was so shocked that I was considered to have enough talent to be in the show, you know, junior high, but <laughs> sixth grade. It's, it's just like Broadway. Grade. It's eighth grade. Oh, Come on. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, eighth grade. I'm like super excited. It's like, oh my gosh, I made it in. About a week into rehearsal, the person playing the character, Tonton Julian, who's one of the larger roles of the show. Wound up leaving, and so the teacher approached me and asked me to play Tauntaun, And you can imagine, my my, I had a grin from ear to ear. Later on in the show, there was kind of a nickname developed for me. They used to call me Crouton from the character name Tonton. And I remember, I absolutely hated that nickname. That's
1: the most random nickname ever.
0: Yeah, I hey, I Crouton. That's <laughs> and that's pretty much you're it. Like,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can see that. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, you had to put it that way, didn't you?
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> That's exactly how it was. Anyway, so I remember I absolutely hated it until there was one day when the teacher's trying to give us feedback on our performance and everything in rehearsal. And I was talking to a friend, like, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> and the teacher said, hey, Crouton. And the whole <laughs> cast just started laughing. Because he meant to say Tauntaun. He said Crouton. And it was just kind of one of those
1: It came situations. full circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did. They had something that was called the More Amusing Than Mangoes Award from a line from the show.
1: That's quite an honor.
0: It was for me, okay? Because I was a little eighth grader and I was the one that got the very first More Amusing Than Mangoes Award. And I was so happy about it. I actually got a real mango and like a bunch of mango flavored Capri Suns and I Those was so are happy the about bomb, it. Oh man. Just takes you back to the 90s, doesn't it? I would say that whole thing with Once on This Island. I feel like that was probably one of my happiest memories.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well, moving on to some of the more um, traditional questions, I guess we could say.
0: The ones that are supposed to be one-word answers. Supposed to. Supposed to.
1: (laughs) What's your favorite food?
0: I default at fried chicken. I really like deep fried foods, which is why it's really good we have an air fryer now because I feel a lot more healthy with that.
1: When we got the air fryer, he was like, yeah, let's just make like fries because they're healthy. like, they're not healthy. They're healthier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still love making fried food. It's just fun.
1: Yeah, but it's not so good for you. So we switched to an air fryer and it's a lot more fun and still delicious. All right. So what's your favorite color?
0: Blue. Just, you know, kind of a darker blue is my favorite.
1: What's your favorite animal?
0: That's just a really hard question for me to answer. I do love dogs, and I do love bunnies, and I do love all the cute fuzzy things. Uh, I guess it really depends on my mood. I don't know. I, I do like reptiles, though. I think reptiles are cool.
1: I think it's funny that you mention reptiles, because the first thing I think of is the story when you trash talk to Snake.
0: You want to talk about that one? <laughs>
1: well, that's <laughs> the one that always makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> so you guys got to keep in mind, remember when I said that junior high, you know, nobody's cool? It's still a fact, and this is proven fact for myself here. About junior high, I had a hamster named Biscuit, and Biscuit was a feisty little thing and would escape at least two or three times a weekend. So we lived in the basement, my brother and I, in our room, and that's where we kept our bikes, and I was going to go for a little bike ride around the block. I go to reach for my bike handle, and there's something coiled around it. And I look up and there is a python staring in at my hamster.
1: Just hanging out on the bike.
0: Exactly. And so, of course, I'm freaking out because I'm seeing this snake looking in at my hamster. My hamster claws it on the head. It bites my hamster and I'm freaking out. And so I did the first logical thing that comes to a teenager's brain is just, Hey! You know, I shout at the snake. He
1: starts yelling at the snake.
0: Yep. The snake, like, realized I was there, and so it went to the corner of the desk where it just coiled in and just started watching me.
1: Wait, so was the hamster outside of her cage at this point?
0: No, no. Gratefully. you
1: said that she swiped the snake and it bit her.
0: Well, through the bars. So it bit her paw. Rude. Yeah, no kidding, right? So the snake is curled up at the opposite end of the desk. My brother comes in because he heard me shout. Both of us are just standing completely still because we don't know what else to do. And because we don't know what to do, I just started trash talking the snake.
1: It's a natural, logical thing to do.
0: Yeah. Teenager's, reaches. yeah, you better stay on that side of the desk.
1: Yeah, tough guy. I'm going to come over there and step on you, maybe.
0: Well, and of course, the funny thing is I, I don't know how true this is, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe snakes are deaf, aren't they?
1: Snakes are not deaf.
0: Snakes are not deaf. Gotcha. So, this hard-of-hearing animal.
1: (laughs) It's like, what the... uh, Okay, back to lunch. Like, we'll deal with you later.
0: Anyway, it stayed over there. My mom called animal control, and they got the snake, put it in a bag. It wasn't venomous. turns out my next-door neighbors brought it back from, like, Thailand or something like that, and it just got out and somehow got over into our apartment. So... That's the uh, story of trash-talking the Burmese python in the basement.
1: <laughs> Keep your snakes to yourself, people. Well, getting back to our to our interview here, what is, and I'm sure I know the answer to this one because I know everything about you, right? Yep. What is your favorite place to visit?
0: Well, I'm glad you know, because I don't.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought that would have been obvious.
0: What would you have said?
1: Oh, well, I was going to say Russia, but...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that pretty much does it. As I have mentioned... In previous episodes, I do speak Russian fluently, and that is because I learned it while serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, and estonia for about two years. When I got back from that, I decided I wanted to pursue Russian in order to make sure that I could master it, solidify it, and never forget it. So I went to university and got my degree in Russian. And while I was in university, I decided to go on an internship to Moscow, Russia. And that was a blast.
1: Just a little peek into our lives. Um, At the time that Brad was in Russia, we were dating for the second time, Mm -hmm. and we actually were long distancing it via Facebook Messenger and really crappy connection Skype calls because you didn't have a phone out there. So that was how we kept in touch while Brad was out there doing his internship.
0: We almost broke up while I was out there, too. We
1: did. We had some misunderstandings because of the connections and stuff and the time difference as well you were nine hours ahead of me and after daylight savings you were 10 hours ahead if you had a a disagreement or you're trying to figure something out you got to wait to talk it over again and so
0: it was a nightmare and it was all just a big miscommunication gratefully we were able to figure it out and i think that's a story we'll have to include in another podcast because it was detailed
1: (laughs) it involves him sitting outside a cafe at night in the rain it's that's a story
0: One of my goals is to be able to take Eliza back to where I served my mission and to Moscow and to kind of just travel the history of that area because there is some beautiful architecture and some amazing people that I've gotten to know and I kind of want to impress my wife a little bit.
1: I'm actually super into architecture like most people would go for like the shopping or this you know the whatever and but... oh
0: I'm into the shopping are you kidding <laughs> yeah, I brazen, would get a
1: Brad's into the shopping I'm like look at these buildings he's like that's nice honey let's go to the store
0: I would be no 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 we wouldn't go to the store we would go to the Renick the what do you call that in English the flea markets yes. where you can get like a three piece golden suit for 75 bucks
1: oh yes that's right you were sending me photos of those and you were like I swear I'm gonna get this I'm like eh. <laughs> I had some some different opinions about those
0: they're shiny. <laughs>
1: So I would be all about the architecture and Brad would just want to go shopping and buy shiny suits.
0: Shiny suits and shopkas.
1: You also came home with like 20 DVDs. You were like, look what I bought today.
0: (laughs) I wanted to have some movies from Russia. They had Disney DVDs for like a buck each.
1: So he calls me over Skype and he's like, we went to the reading today. Look what I got. And he just pulls out this stack. I'm like, how are you going to fit all those things (laughs) into your suitcase? I made it work. Well, speaking of movies, mm. what's your favorite movie?
0: Usually the movie that has inspired me most. For example, had you asked me in junior high, I would have said Phantom of the Opera because that was my absolute favorite musical and I was raised on it from the womb. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mom put headphones I'm on her stomach. I'm
1: just imagine you. <laughs> just like... <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I was a really big fan of the remake of Stephen King's It. And not because it's a horror film, because honestly, a lot of horror films I find to be kind of just disgusting. The thing I liked about It is its plotline and the coming-of-age story that it is, as well as the symbolic themes in the movie. I wouldn't consider the next one a favorite, but another show that has inspired me was Theory of Everything about Stephen Hawking. I do love those kinds of movies. Walk the Line about Johnny Cash is one that kind of inspired me to continue pursuing songwriting. The Greatest Showman is a huge one. I absolutely love that film. Pasek and Paul, the way that they write their music and the way that it was performed and directed and the gorgeous themes. It's one of those things that inspires me into being a songwriter, especially for like musicals and things like that.
1: We actually had a really cool experience, kind of a once in a lifetime thing. Just after The Greatest Showman came out, they actually came to Utah, uh, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul.
0: They were doing like a university tour
1: Yeah, and so they came and they were doing sort of like a concert where they would play their music and then tell their story. And it was really awesome. At one point towards the end, they started singing Rewrite the Stars and they like kind of invited everybody to sing along. So we were in this room full of hundreds of people and everyone is singing harmonizing to rewrite the stars and we all had our phones out and it was just like one of those moments where you're just like, I'm never ever gonna get to do something like this again. You're sitting with the actual writers of this amazing song and everyone is just completely into this moment and they were actually getting kind of like emotional. It was just the coolest thing. That was a pretty inspiring night.
0: Very inspirational and honestly, That is a night that I will never forget.
1: It's kind of funny that these are all tying into each other because my next question for you is what is your favorite song or your favorite music?
0: I'm very grateful for the upbringing I had because my mom has a very eclectic taste in music and having been brought up with musicals and as musicals have developed over the years, it's pretty much opened my mind to all genres. I kind of... You know, and people who know me now would laugh to hear this. I actually kind of like dug my heels in the ground as far as country goes. When I was a little kid, I didn't know what country music was. And I had a favorite uncle who told me he didn't like country music. And so I was like, oh, uh, well, I don't like country music either. I
1: don't like country music either, whatever that is.
0: Until about sophomore year of high school, I kind of refused to let myself like country And there were two songs that tipped me over to realizing, hey, this stuff isn't that bad. Back in high school, I had a very, very low voice range, and I couldn't hit anything above, like, a B-flat. So I was trying to find songs that were more in the bass range, and that's when my stepmom introduced me to Josh Turner. And the song "Your Man," which I would never admit, but I totally loved. You're
1: like, yeah, okay, whatever. Oh my gosh, this is amazing.
0: That's exactly what my thought was. Like, my stepmom and my dad are showing me this song, and they're like dancing and like making it fun. Ew,
1: gross. Yeah,
0: I was totally like the ew, gross kind of thing. But as I was walking down to my room, I was like, I'm thinking a little bit differently about life right now. (laughs) The song that really did it for me is Tim McGraw's "Don't Take the Girl." It's this super sweet song. It's super cute, super 90s, super cheesy, but such a sweet song. And all of Tim McGraw's songs are amazing. Whether he wrote them or whether he's just singing somebody else's writing, he does an amazing job and he chooses really good, inspirational, non-misogynistic most of the time music. And that's really what kind of cued me into the songwriting aspect of country. And so for me... Country is really a home base because I've learned to love the songwriting style. I feel like my voice belongs more in the country music range just because of the baritone bass you get from most of the male singers. I'll admit there are times when I am alone in the car and I blast Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman and boy howdy is it great.
1: (laughs) Boy howdy do you get some looks.
0: (laughs) Yes I do. I love listening to all genres, and if there is anything, like, experimental or new or something, you know, kind of fresh, I enjoy listening to it, even if I don't really necessarily like it.
1: You just really like the experience.
0: I do. I, I, it's almost like I like to think of it like kind of being like a wine connoisseur for music. You know,
1: <laughs> you're like, oh, yes, this is going to go nicely with a little bit of. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, basically, I mean, a like a
1: slice of this with a little bit of a, ah, oh, mm, yes, wonderful flavor. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I like analyzing. what am I drinking
1: again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like analyzing music. I like analyzing songs specifically, especially lyric play. I like listening to the production. I like being able to really delve deep into the creative process of what makes that song great. The talent is not just in the singer, it's in the writer, the producer, the audio engineer, the editor, all of those different people that come to create this masterpiece, you know?
1: Which makes me happy because that's what I do, and it's nice to be appreciated. By the way, I was also going to say that I think I would make an excellent wine connoisseur. (laughs) I'd be like, this tastes like I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) That's pretty much how I am with music too, so, but. I'm good at pretending I know what I'm talking about, at least.
1: Well, what's your favorite thing to do?
0: I would have to say, aside from hanging out with my lovely wife.
1: Oh, that was smart. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: (laughs) You mean besides hanging out with you? (laughs) Oh, how can I even compare the experience?
0: (laughs) I do, like, honestly enjoy hanging out with my lovely wife, Eliza. A lot of the times we hang out, we watch movies and and TV series and things like that. And I, I like analyzing movies.
1: We try not to do this like when we watch movies with other people because it's different when you watch movies with other people. But with us, like we're constantly talking over movies and shows because we're like analyzing what's going on and like the depth behind characters and like how they portray certain things.
0: Yeah. I also like analyzing the acting skills because being an actor myself, it's kind of fun to glean from that. I'm not saying I'm like anything near their level, but I do like being able to see how they arrived at a certain character or a certain character choice or the little subtleties that they do. And we talk about stuff like this, you know, and politics and religion and everything in the car.
1: I think some of our most interesting conversations always happen in the car.
0: Eliza likes going for drives. I prefer walks myself, but...
1: I grew up somewhere where I didn't live close to places. So we had, you know, had to drive to get to places. And so for me, like going for a drive and just being able to get out and see the scenery and that's really kind of what gets my mind going a lot of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever in the car with you and I'm talking your ear off, that's why. It's because I'm inspired.
0: Absolutely. Going back to favorite things to do. I do enjoy acting. That's a big thing. I love singing, songwriting, anything to do with music. The recording process is super fun for me. So this right now, I'm in absolute heaven, guys. I love being in front of a microphone. And I love kind of being the sound engineer that presses the record button and pretends that he's all awesome. <laughs> um,
1: it's because i'm the one who does the editing i do i
0: okay let's clarify that i I
1: do all the grunt work but it's great
0: well here's the thing guys i i I do edit uh, but apparently i'm not good at it
1: (laughs) no it's not that you're not good at it it's that the differences in how our brains work Brad is very much like the go-getter and the do things and the projects and the things. And I'm I'm a lot more meticulous and a lot more detailed, kind of maybe a little bit more methodical in some ways. So editing work, even though it's very tedious, is actually perfect for my brain because it keeps my brain focused. It keeps it on target. For Brad, I mean, your brain just kind of needs to be in other places all the time. And so we're we're better suited for different things.
0: So we make a great team, basically.
1: Well, I feel like I probably know the answer to this, but for our, our audience here, what has been your favorite role to play?
0: My absolute top favorite of all time has been, and I'm going to quote the World Talkers podcast here, little shout out to them, the male, the myth, the legend, Sir Philip Humphrey. He's my character at Evermore Park, and he has been my favorite character because of how he's influenced me as a person. I kind of created the character to be very, very simple because Evermore Park is a fantasy-based park. It is very nerdy, very Dungeons and Dragons, very 17 to 200 page backstory kind of like...
1: It's like nerds assemble.
0: It's like the one person that you avoid at work when you only have like five minutes to get to a place because you know they're going to chat your ear off forever about their D&D character. And the thing is, I wanted my character to be super simple to the point where it's like, oh, you're a real dude. He's not magical. He was born in Evermore, but moved to London. He went to Oxford and he's the postman because his cousin asked for some organizational help. So he moved back home to Evermore and immediately upon returning home, his cousin goes on holiday and hasn't been seen since. He's super nice, he's really good at remembering people's names, which I wanted to be a character trait, and here's the thing guys, I am terrible at remembering people's names. But for some reason, when I am in character, it doesn't matter who you are, if you introduce yourself to me, I will remember your name at the end of the night, and it's so fun. Talking about how he's influenced me though, Sir Philip Humphrey is always amazingly kind to people, and that is what gets him up in the morning. His motivation as his character is to have a good experience and a good interaction with each person that he talks to. Allowing that to kind of envelop my life, it's also helped me to develop who I am as a person because I kind of want to be more like that. I want to be able to remember names better. I want to care more about people aside from myself. And so I would have to say Sir Philip Humphrey is my absolute favorite. Now, if we want to divide into like stage categories, I think Sweeney Todd was heck of fun. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, and to wrap this up, because we could go on for days, of course, about Brad, what is the hardest thing that you have ever done?
0: This is a, this is an interesting one because it's also something that I will forever thank myself for doing. And that was going on my mission. It's interesting because I haven't talked about my mission very much for a very long time. It was really hard because essentially what I had to do out there, I had to learn a new language. I had to talk about things that I believed in and held very precious to me. And I had to be okay with people stepping on that over and over and over again. And it was really, really hard. I came home with a few physical ailments, a few mental ailments, and a lot of those kinds of things. But the thing about that is I would never trade that for anything in the world. My mission taught me compassion. It taught me understanding. It taught me, honestly, what I truly believe. It taught me so much about life. I came home with a language I came home with the ability to plan, to set goals. I came home with a better understanding of people with lesser privileged situations. It blessed me with love toward other people, even when those people don't love me back. And despite all the hardship that I faced out there, I would never trade it for the world. That was definitely one of the hardest things I had to do.
1: That's pretty eye-opening, honestly, when you you think about all the things that came from those things. Because that was at least, uh, how long ago was that now?
0: About seven or eight years since I have got back.
1: Yeah, so about ten years since you left. That's pretty amazing, honestly, to be able to keep that with you through all that time.
0: It's honestly been a springboard for how I lived the rest of my life.
1: For sure. From your education to how you view and treat people, how you view and see other cultures rather than just being closed off in your own little echo chamber.
0: Well, and I'm definitely not done learning either, because again, it's a springboard. It's a foundation for the things I'm still learning now. Value for people, value in love and planning and goal setting, which is its own thing. You know, I'm relearning some of those things, but I can go back to when I first learned them if that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, we hope you've enjoyed being able to get to know Brad a little bit better.
0: And next time, we will be learning more about the mystery woman, Miss Eliza.
1: (laughs) At some point, you will learn more about me. I promise. Yep. I talk a lot anyway, so...
0: In the meantime, she's my woman of mystery. Back off.
1: Yeah, they don't even know what I look like. It's okay. (laughs) All right, well, we'll catch you in our next episode.
0: Have a good day, guys.
1: Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, feel free to follow and share. We'll catch you next time on What's for Lunch.